listening to Hope Signals with Mark and Susan Mason, the podcast of Life on the Verge Ministries. Hope Signals is a podcast where we offer practical principles and motivational insights aimed at helping people navigate their hopes and dreams. It's Mark coming to you from Archer, Florida. If you've ever heard of Archer, it is uh, not too far out of Ocala. Actually, it's really close to Gainesville. And uh, I had to turn the heat off. Florida has betrayed me. It actually got down into the 30s last night. We worked our way north from Miami after doing some incredible prison concert uh, ministry events down there. And uh, now we're in Archer. And today I get to fulfill kind of a cool little dream, kind of a full circle thing. Um, tonight and tomorrow, uh, Susan and I will be ministering with Jimmy and Sherry Bratcher, who are our heroes. And Jimmy is the guy that stepped into my world in 2006 and showed me it can be done. I needed Jimmy to succeed, to take risk, and to be a success at his dream to inspire me. I didn't know it years ago, but I'm sure glad he did. And that's why we need you to win. We all need you to win at what you're putting your hand to. We need you to succeed. We need you to inspire us. You know, there's a guy named Randy Posh, uh, or Pausch, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he was a professor of computer science and design at uh, Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. And he learned that he had pancreatic cancer in September of 2006 and only a few months to live, three to six or something like that. And so he held this lecture for like 400 college students and he had his own children who were small, like four or five years old or something. He had them in mind when he gave the lecture. He knew that one day they would watch the video and he wanted to say things about achieving your childhood dreams because that's what had happened in his life. He wanted to inspire them many years after he was gone and he did die in, in 2000. 2007, not long after his diagnosis, but he was only 47 years old. But in that book, and I don't have it in front of me, he wrote a book based on the, uh, the, the lecture, and the book was called The Last Lecture, Really Achieving Your Childhood Dreams. And it's an ins- inspirational book, and it inspires me, and he makes that point in the book, is that we all need inspiration. That's one of the greatest gifts we give one another. When we do something and achieve, uh, we set a new benchmark. We raise the bar for those around us. It's why um, you know we say things like, man, they can put a man on the moon, but they they can't design this or that or the other thing. Um, we use the man on the moon like that is the bar, you know. And so he makes that, that the, the statement or he says something akin to one of the greatest gifts we give one another is the gift of inspiration. And so, you know, that's kind of become a life philosophy of mine. I hope that life on the verge and that our life, the big picture, you know, we, we the, the smaller picture is that we go in and we, you know, entertain and equip and uh, evangelize in prisons using music. That's that's kind of what we do uh, as a ministry. But the bigger picture, I hope that the risk that we've taken and uh, that, that somehow our lives would inspire someone else to step out. That's exactly what Jimmy and Sherry Bratcher uh, did for us over the years. And so, uh, this morning, I was reading, uh, actually I read it last week, but I turned to it again this morning. Um, it says in First uh, Chronicles 20, verse 4, it talks about um, the Israelites are basically fighting off the Philistines and whatnot again. And it says, Then Sibachai, the Hushdakite, struck down Sipal 
who was one of the descendants of the giants and the Philistines were subdued. And there was again war with the Philistines. And this other guy, I can't pronounce his name, the son of Jer, struck down Lami, the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. You jump down to verse 7, it talks about David's brother striking down a descendant of the giants. You know, I look at that and I go, wow, you know, there was a time when none of the Israelites would fight Goliath. They wouldn't go against a giant. He intimidated them. If you're familiar with the story, the Philistines, the, the bad guys, had this eight-foot giant, massive dude that would step down into the valley between the Israelites and the Philistines, and he would challenge them, and he would mock them, who will come and fight me? And they were shaking in their sandals. None, nobody would fight him. And then one day, this shepherd boy named David comes to bring some cheese and crackers to his brothers out on the battlefield, and uh, he hears what's going on, and he says, well, well I'll fight this dude. He says, this is just a shepherd boy. And I know many of you are familiar with the story. He goes down there with a slingshot and takes this giant out and chops Goliath's head off with Goliath's own sword. Look at what happened here many years later. You know, David went through a lot of uh, tumultuous times. There was jealousy. Sometimes when you succeed, people will be jealous. Critics will uh, unjustly accuse you of things. And uh, and he had his fair share of that. And uh, But eventually, David did become the king of Israel. This shepherd boy became the king of Israel. And now David's going to battle and his brother and other servants are knocking out giants left and right because David showed it could be done. It could be done. He raised the bar for everyone. He proved that giants could be taken down. They had a new point of reference. And and so that's why we need you to succeed at what you're doing. We need you to raise the bar. Wow. You know, look at what how this person came from, you know, a, a, a fatherless family yet raised a, a, a godly, successful family. That's inspirational. That tells other young fathers that are struggling, it can be done. You slayed the giant. You you could you did it, and so possibly they can do it. Your accomplishments stand as a point of reference. When you win against what looks like insurmountable odds, whatever that may be, you set the new standard. You set a benchmark. You know, there, there's case after case of this. You know, one time they said you know, a certain a quarter mile couldn't be run in a certain amount of time or something like that. Then somebody shattered that speed record and now everybody's doing it. Something clicks in our brain when we see someone else achieve, someone else do it. That's why we love those stories. And of course, like I said, there's always going to be the bitter critic that's motivated by jealousy to sling mud at you and whatnot when you do succeed, when you do shine. And that's why two of the greatest tests in life for us are failure and success. How you behave when you fail, how you respond to failure. It's just a teacher. If I, I read something recently that says if you want to succeed, learn how to fail more because that's how we climb the ladder of success. We we learn, hey, don't grab a hold of that, that rung or that rock as you're climbing that wall again. And we make our way up the ladder of success or the wall of success um, but when we get to the get to the top and we're successful and that's another thing that needs to be managed do we look down on other people or do we reach down to other people um, and so David has his fair share of negative critics around around him but I'll, I'll say this over my lifetime I've seen people that you know 
criticize or, you know, it's the human tendency to do that, right? Is to see somebody succeed and go, well, it might, must be nice. They must have ran into some money or they must have had some great connections or they don't realize that success it comes from a, a series of small but seemingly inconsequential steps in the right direction over time is what creates success. And then finally, you know, the thing blows up and every, sorry, and everybody can see it. Um, they don't realize all the hard work and all the baby steps uh, and all the discouragement that had to be overcome. You know, even in David's case, you know, uh, he was he was in the field uh, for a long time just being a faithful shepherd boy. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm going to give you two things to ponder uh, when you, well, on this topic of why we need you to succeed. But I think about, you know, in 2006, uh, I was a youth and young adult pastor at a church. I owned a home on some acreage. Life was good. It was it was going great. I had a great leadership team. There was absolutely no reason to check out. Um, but then this man named Jimmy Bratcher showed up at our church. I'd never met him, um, and and basically what he we were about to plant a church because we felt like that was the next step in our trajectory was to start a church. If you know you, you don't want to work for somebody else, you feel like you got dreams. You know, well that seems like I was a youth pastor, then I was a young adult pastor, worship pastor. Well, it seems like the next step must be to be a senior pastor. So we're going to plant a church in Charlottesville, Virginia. I, I really love that city because it was a lot of young people. People there put a year's worth of effort into it. Had a team ready to launch this thing. Had already rented a facility. Got sound equipment together. All that stuff. Put all the pieces together. Then this dude Jimmy Bratcher so, shows up at my church and basically awakened a dream in me. He actually wrote a book called "Don't Take Your Dreams to the Grave." I highly recommend it. Uh, but it reminded me that my deepest dream was not to plant a church. My deepest dream was to be a musicianary, to use something I love, music, to tell people outside of church um, about the one that loves me. And Jimmy showed me, Jimmy's older than me. I was in my early 40s at the time. I thought, ah, I was about to sell all my music gear off. You know, the music thing is, you know, it, it was fun while it lasted. But, you know, why write songs now? Why play music now? I got a lot of young people in the worship team and whatnot. And uh, Jimmy shows up. And, and he's like seven or eight years older than me. And he showed me it could be done. He shows videos of him playing music for inmates in prison and, and doing exactly what I'd always dreamed of doing. He raised the bar for me. He showed me it could be done. I had no idea how to do it from there. And it took many years, I, I guess a, a good five years or more of uh, you know befriending Jimmy, talking to him on the phone. He became a mentor and just taking baby steps. I was writing songs, getting mad at God because I had nowhere to play those songs. I was pastoring a church. We ended up taking a position at a mega church and planting a church for them with the thought that if we had the opportunity to step out and do what we really want to do, we wouldn't leave this baby church on the sidewalk. It was part of a, a larger picture. So we abandoned the Charlottesville plan, which was a risky move, and I risked losing some friendships and disheartening some people. But we did that. We moved to Virginia Beach, and I went to work for this larger church. Uh, they asked me to plant a church for them, and so we we were under their umbrella. I knew that if we had the opportunity one day to step out on this bigger dream, that that, that church would be taken care of. And that's exactly what happened. It took like five years. Um, and now today is kind of wild because it's kind of coming full circle. Jimmy and Sherry Bratcher have become dear, dear friends uh, and mentors. You need those in your life, by the way, people that you're that are pulling you up. And uh, 
But it's the first time I think we've actually we've shared a stage here and there, but we've never played together. And I don't know that we're going to play together today. Maybe we'll jam a song. But uh, today and tomorrow will be, is the first time that we've actually shared a bill playing the same prison with Jimmy and Sherry Bratcher. And that is just so wild and so cool. And... Even beyond that, those of you that are familiar with the success of my son, uh, who ended up getting signed to Atlantic Records, and he's touring all over. He had a number one hit on alternative radio. He's doing great. He's making a living doing what he loves to do, and uh, his heart's in the right place. And uh, But I, I would venture to say that if it wasn't for Jimmy Bratcher and Sherry Bratcher inspiring us, stepping out on their dreams, that Matt wouldn't be where he is today because it was through Matt's involvement for a couple of years traveling full-time in prisons. Uh, that Matter of fact, the manager that actually grabbed Matt and got him signed told me, he said, I was just as much drawn to his story of playing in prisons and all that he's done. In most places you read Matt's bio uh, online, you will find that uh, it comes up about his parents and their prison ministry and all that. And we're actually currently working on putting a Matt Mason Atlantic Records feature videoed event in a prison somewhere in the United States. All this is really cool. And then the rant, seemingly random thing is that Jimmy uh, always plays at a place called Knucklehead Saloon in Kansas City, where he's from. It's a huge club. It's got like four stages, and Jimmy plays on this stage very frequently called the Gospel Lounge Stage. And uh, and the wild thing is, is that all these years later, just last year, uh, Jim, the owner of Knuckleheads asked Jimmy to open for an act that was coming to the club. And Jimmy said, uh, sure, I can do it. It's on a Wednesday night. Yeah, I'll get the band together. Who, who are we opening for? And he said, some kid named Matt Mason. Now, how wild is that? That's just God confirming our steps. I believe that. But you got to take the steps for God to confirm them. And so J- Jimmy and, and my son actually played at, at Knuckleheads. It's just crazy. Um, and I hope that stuff like that inspires you to trust God more. You know, trust God more. You know, the Israelites um, trusted God. But David showed them how to trust God more. They trusted God, but not enough to face off with Goliath. David showed them that God could be trusted even more. So we need you to succeed at whatever you're putting your hand to so that we're inspired, that you stepped out on that thing. And and right when we're, you know, we all go through cycles in life where we're on a high because everything's going great. And then suddenly we get into a, a slump and we're in a valley. And we need that, that inspiration that comes from different people, just seeds of inspiration. When we're down, you're up and it helps us to look up and say, ah, yeah, it helps us to remember it can be done. They're stepping out. They're doing this. They've achieved this. Then surely, you know, God's not a respecter of persons. I need to just get back up, put my big boy pants on and take another step. So we need you to win because we need you to inspire us with your dreams and uh, your vision for success. So just a couple of a couple of points to ponder about this whole thing is is don't despise where you're at. Be faithful to the task at hand. That's what David did. David was faithful in the field as a simple shepherd before he had his moment of glory. You know, he wrote many of the Psalms, and I'm sure he wrote many of them out there in that field. He had no idea that one day he'd have an opportunity to face off with Goliath and and then eventually become the king of Israel. 
He was just being faithful to the task at hand. He was learning. He was His character was being shaped. His confidence was being built. Scripture tells us at one point he had fought off a lion that was trying to uh, attack the sheep, and he'd fought off a bear. Can you imagine? So he was, he was honing his skills out there, and as a matter of fact, he was building his confidence because when it came time to face Goliath, it was David that said, you know, I've already killed a lion and a bear you know, I, surely this giant is no match. And so it's important that you're learning the lessons and building your confidence, even through the frustration of where you're at today. Uh, you're building the, that, that, that foundation um, that you're going to stand on as you step further and further uh, into your dream. You know, and when I say step, that's the second point here is you, you don't despise where you're at. Be faithful where you're at. Learn the lessons where you're at. Build your character where you're at. I, I found that journaling is a great thing to do. Write your feelings down, your frustrations down, your, the scriptures that God leads you to. Um, he will lead you. And, and, and but it's, it's, as you step, step by step by step, day by day, hour by hour. Now, here's the second point that you need to do uh, in this kind of pre-success stage as you're stepping into your dreams is examine your trajectory. Am I? Are, are the little things I'm doing today taking me closer to my dream? Even if it's a baby step, where where's this going to land me? You see... Uh, you're not going to be able to just leap into some grand dream. It rarely happens that way. There's a whole lot of undergrowth, a whole lot of roots that need to be uh, that need to take hold so that this thing can grow to the point that it's visible. You know, success is usually a series of many, many small, seemingly inconsequential steps taken over time in a steady direction toward a worthwhile goal. You earn a PhD one class at at a time. Listen to this: you get fit or obese, one bite at a time. It's all about the trajectory. Am I stepping in the direction that will ultimately land me somewhere close to what I, my dream, what I want to accomplish? It's all about trajectory. Study that. Make sure. Listen, small steps in the right direction over time. Time is the great equalizer. It's the power of compound interest. I would highly, highly recommend a book to you uh, called The Slight Edge. I forget the author's name, but if you search The Slight Edge, it's got a lot of good reviews. Uh, that's a good book. There's another book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect, and it talks about this. You know, we want success overnight. We we watch a movie, a two-hour movie, how someone gets their dream or the, the relationship of their dream or, or whatever in two hours. That never happens. We're, we're, they've condensed it down into a two-hour feature film so that we can see this whole grand story that normally would take you know months, days, days, months, years, decades to happen. So what happens is we, 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 we forget that life doesn't happen that way. We want the instant result. Life, but life is not a clickable link. You know what I'm saying? We want to hit a button and be at one place one day and be at the successful place the next. It's all about being faithful where you're at and examining your trajectory to make sure you're leaning in the right direction, you're stepping in the right direction. Listen, we need you to succeed. We really do. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than the things you want to have for you and your family. It's about how your life is speaking hope to those 
around you. Hey, thanks for listening. By the time I podcast again, we'll be post the, a great two-day event at a women's prison here in Brooksville, Florida. Um, and I hope to be able to tell you about some exciting things that happened there. God bless. Thank you for listening to Hope Signals. You can learn more about us at lifeontheverge.com. We're a completely donor-funded ministry that carries the good news to prisons around the United States. You can help us by sharing this podcast, by partnering with us with a tax-deductible gift at lifeontheverge.com, or by even talking to your leader or pastor about having us come and minister. Thank you for letting us be just another voice of inspiration in your journey.